Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is supported by SafeBand. SafeBand is the indigo silicon wristband that lets people know that you or a member of your family has been vaccinated to protect them from COVID-19. And with every SafeBand that's ordered by you or people like you, we donate one to a frontline key worker or vulnerable member of the community. Slowly, life will return to how it once was. Until then, we're determined to get things back to normal for those who've taken the first step. Find out more by clicking the link in the description or visiting safeband.me. And welcome to this week's episode of The Spurs Show in association with William Hill, the official betting partner of Tottenham Hotspur. My name is Theo Delaney. I'm speaking to you from North London. I can't pretend to be in a great mood. Uh, And I don't imagine any of the people who I'm about to introduce would be in a great mood either. (laughs) But here we go. With me, three stalwarts of the show and proper Tottenham men. Welcome back. Mark Lucero. <laughs> Hi, Theo. <laughs> that it, yeah, I've got, I, I love pronouncing your name, Mark. That's why you're laughing. You got it right. You got it right <laughs> yeah, I've got it right there. Sean Cook is here. Hello, Sean. Hello, mate. How are you? Very good. Welcome back. And a man who's worn the white shirt with great distinction, Mr. Terry Gibson is back. Hello, Terry. Hello, Theo. You're far too kind and glad to be back on, but wished it was in better circumstances, of course. Do you know, I'm not angry now. But if, if this show had been recorded straight after the game, like some of them are, I, you know, I'd have been, I, I, I don't know. I was in tears. I was in tears. Really? Literally? Yeah. It was, it was all frustration. Yeah. And, and anyway, we'll, we'll get into that. But I'm, I'm sure, <laughs> well, you know, yeah. But, it was three, but it's three minutes. You can see it going wrong after three minutes. Yeah, absolutely. So um, if anyone listening to this doesn't know what we're talking about, you've you've got no business listening to it. We're talking about 
the North London derby on Sunday, which is one of the worst I can remember. And I'm sure, I think all Tottenham, and the, the, the strange irony of it was at the end, they were hanging on for dear life with an extra man. We hit the woodwork twice and they were probably lucky to get all the points, but that doesn't tell the story. I think every Tottenham fan was absolutely uh, appalled really by, by the whole thing. By, and most of all, I think, well, let's find out from the guys, but I think most of all we were appalled by the way the team was sent out, the plan that it was sent out with by the manager, Jose Mourinho. Does, every, does, anyone see, does anyone see anything other than this, that Mourinho sent them out to play very low with a low block and to try and soak it up, not attempt to attack or to take the initiative and to hit them on the break? Is that Am I mad or is that what they did, Terry? I think that's what the outcome was, but no one knows. I mean, well, no one knows apart from the players and the manager. I mean, did he tell the players to go out and not sprint around, not make tackles, not make challenges, not to play the, the ball forwards and, you know, to play with a bit more urgency than we, well, the urgency we saw in the last 10 minutes of the game. I, I, I don't, I'm not sure he, he did that, but I, I think that's what we saw. And, and therefore it's easy for us to, to come to the conclusion that they were asked to do that. But now, I think the players have to take some responsibility because whatever the tactics, I think we needed to see more desire from what we saw from the players at the weekend, whether it was a, down to the manager asking them to sit deep. And, and you know, I, I have no problem with that in some games, you know, because we have, when you look at our attacking players, we have the players to hit them on the break, but we didn't threaten to do that until 10 minutes before the end of the match. So if you're going to drop deep and sit off, let them have possession, a, you have to stop them getting chances, which we didn't do because they still managed to create, particularly down their left flank, get into the box and create one, you know, a lot of chances. And B, you have to have the players, you have to have a, some sort of idea of what you're going to be doing when you're looking to break forward on, on the counter-attack and, and catch them out. So we didn't do that. We didn't do either of those two things and therefore that led to a performance where it was a depressing performance, frustrating performance, a miserable performance in a derby. Uh, yeah. North London derby, and we just didn't see that desire and enthusiasm until 10 minutes before the end. I kind of feel for the players in the fact that not just our players, but a lot of players, you know, most of the players this season, they're playing every three or four days. And perhaps, hopefully, it was just one of those days where we, you know, we, we suffered through, you know, being jaded, not being as sharp as we would like to be. But when you look at the, the the toll it's taking on the players at the moment, there weren't very many good performances for me from all the teams in the Premier League at the weekend. And I think, you know, it, it is taking its toll now on players when they're not as sharp as they would like to be. Do you think it's fair to say, Sean, that um, the plan was to play on the break? We didn't break at all for the first 10 or so minutes. And then I don't know what minute it was that Son went off, but you suddenly realise as he limped off, that um, actually playing on the break requires ideally a bit of pace. And he was the only one who has real, real threatening pace. And once he'd gone, that option seemed to to be limited. Do you think that's that's uh, a, fair, a fair mitigation? I, th- I think so, yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing that strikes me most, having watched us particularly over the last year or so in, in lockdown since we came back, was th- there's just no distinct plan. There's no distinct philosophy to the way we play. And... I'm under the impression that you, you don't lose it as a manager. I'm, I'm of the opinion that if you once had it, you, you've always got it. And considering he is arguably one of the greatest ever managers the game's ever seen, it's hard to argue against the fact that he's got the credentials to do well at Spurs. That being said, I'm of the opinion that 
I think the game has evolved beyond his capabilities now. And I think particularly this lockdown style of football um, has evolved beyond him as well. And you can come back and argue to me that, well, he's twice beaten Man City. We beat Arsenal in November. We drew away at Chelsea. But for me, those victories were a a combination of of sheer luck. Um, The fact we've got, as you say, two of the greatest forwards in world football at the club in, in Kane and Son who can play on that that counter. Um, but I don't owe those victories to Mourinho. I haven't seen an established philosophy thus far to indicate that. And I think there's a there's a faction of Spurs supporters that never wanted him to do well at the club because he's considered, you know, a, a Chelsea icon. But for me, I, I always, and am to this day to an extent, backing him. I think if you step onto that touchline and pull on a Spurs shirt or whatever you're doing, your Spurs from that moment on. I did it with Adebayor. I did it with Gallas. And I'll continue to do it with Mourinho as long as he is there. I, I want him to do well at Spurs. But I don't see a future for Spurs under him beyond this season. And the reason I say that is there is obviously still a chance we could win the Europa League and the League Cup. But my honest feeling is that success in either of those competitions is only an extension of the luck, in inverted commas, that we've had under him already. If we don't win either of those competitions and don't get top four, how on earth are we as supporters and them as players meant to get ourselves motivated to do this all over again under him next season? I, I can't I can't work out. If we don't get top four and we don't win a cup, Mark, do you think he gets the sack? Well, probably, because it it just it just cannot it just cannot carry on. You know, we're told he's this tactical genius. Uh, and uh, seven, uh, looking at me notes, on 17 minutes, Sun went off. And by that time, it's already established we were getting hammered down at that right-back position. And, and I remember one of his first games, when it was going wrong on 20 minutes, he took Dyer off. Do you remember what game was that? It was one of his first. And everyone was going, Jose doesn't muck about. He sorted it out immediately. Well, what, what, happened, what happened Sunday then? Why didn't he sort? We were all sitting there seats watching it unfold and Lamella came on we all knew he was going to go off again I know it's <laughs> the first time in his career but everyone was saying he's how long is he going to last it was he's absolutely got that mad obvious. look in his eyes yeah he's got mad yeah. look in his eyes they're showing him the iPad he's not taking any notes of what's <laughs> on the iPad he's got like a maniac <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah and not only that oh, he did a double-footed, no, not a double, he did an airborne tackle after the first yellow card yeah. and the ref let him off. I think because yeah. he, he thinks he's special needs or something and he felt <laughs> sorry for him. And then he whacks the bloke. I mean, it, yeah. it was just madness, yeah. but it was coming. It was coming. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I said, I was watching it with my brother-in-law. I said, I'd, I'd tell you right now, he's getting sent off. Uh, that was about, you know, and of course, I mean, yeah, you're right. It was it was absolutely clear. My, it's funny before the game they announced the team. You look at the team, you think, oh, good, that's the team I would have picked, and that is a team to attack. We've been attacking and winning for for, for the last four or five games. We've been scoring very freely, and he's obviously going to do that. And then you took a second look. You thought, oh, there is one weird thing. Why has he picked Doherty and not Oreo? Still, yeah. never mind. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And of course, they go out. They don't attack. They've picked a team to attack. They've got five attacking players on the pitch, all of them good, really good. I mean, you know, Bale, Kane, Son, Ndombele and Lucas on form, you know, rediscovered some form. 
Five attacking players and they don't attack. How weird is that? And then you think the thing that did make you slightly worried is the thing, as you say, that was the glaring Achilles heel, which was Doherty on the right. I mean, that first goal, the thing you've got to say about the Arsenal goals, they're both pretty fluky. The first one was a deflection. The second one was a, a disputed penalty. But that first goal, the ease with which Tierney just went away from uh, Doherty and put the ball in was 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 basically indicative of the whole Doherty problem on the day, wasn't it? And I don't know with Doherty. I mean, his stats for the last two or three years have been absolutely amazing in the Premier League, but I don't know if it's the system. I don't know if it's that he doesn't get on with Mourinho or that he was playing in a team that made him look better than he than he actually is. That's, the, I suppose, the main thing. But, but like you say, it was obvious right from the get-go that's where the weakness was. You've got to do something about that, haven't you, Terry? Well, he, he had the op- option to change it when... Yeah. Son comes off injured. Absolutely. So instead of going for a direct replacement, he could have, if he's meant to be as good as he is tactically, then he could have come up with something else. He could have put an extra midfield player on. He could have gone three at the back and, and make Doherty, you know, just stick to his wide position yeah. without having to give cover to the two central defenders. Yeah. So there were options for him to make a change tactically, which he didn't do. Lamella comes on, plays in exactly the same position and the, the problem continued for Spurs. So I would question... You mentioned at the start of the podcast about was it his fault? I would question the, the substitutions as well. I think they played a part in the game, particularly when Son went off, then to take Gareth Bale off 10 minutes into the second half. You know, and Dumbelli comes off, Dele Ali goes on, we've used all our subs, Lamilla gets sent off, and it was it was tough to change it then. So I think that the choice of substitutions played a part. Having lost Son, I didn't want Bale to go off 10 minutes into the second half. You know, I think that that nullified, you know, that that chance was going on and winning the game. And for the first time, Bale looked visibly disappointed, didn't he? Good. He actually looked like, yeah. I mean, he looked like, I'm, actually, that's not on because we're in a predicament here and I can change the game. I'm on form, I'm fit. And, uh, you, know, this, I, you know, this is a bad decision. The only thing I would, the only weird and... Strange football, such a strange game because it was a strange. It had so many elements to it, but the, one of the elements was what has this been described by some people: the greatest goal ever scored in the Premier League <laughs> by bloody Eric Lamella. <laughs> what did you make? What a goal, Sean! Have you, I mean, what did you make of that? I mean, it was so amazing. Do you, do you know what it reminded me of? The first time he did it with the Rabona, where the commentators didn't even know what had happened. They yeah, had to I mean, look at it from several yeah, angles yeah. to get their their nuts round it. Yeah, I, I was actually, uh, it was my first ever time against Asteris Tripolis in the Europa League where he scored the first one. It was actually my first ever time in a press box. Oh, and since to this day, I've never seen it in a press box before where the goal went in and the entire press box went up celebrating with the entire stadium. You know, I was wow. sitting next to a journalist who primarily covered Arsenal on the day and even he was standing up celebrating. I'd just never seen anything like it before. And Sunday, as you say, just, just the audacity of it, the, the nutmeg on, on Thomas Partey, their, their record signing, you know, in his own penalty area in a North London derby. It, it was just staggering, really staggering and, and shows what Lamella is capable of. But as we then saw later in the game, he's also capable of some of rather stupid stuff. So unfortunate for him that the day went the way it did, but what a goal, fantastic. I mean, if you were to make the silent movie of Tottenham Hotspur, you'd have Charlie Chaplin playing Eric Lamella, wouldn't you? He's such <laughs> exactly, a yeah. hilarious character. And that is yeah. an hilarious goal. And some of the commentary I heard and analysis of it, or people saying it's amazing, you know, because he could have hit it 
with his right foot, but he chose to. And I think, no, he couldn't. <laughs> no, what right foot? That's why he yeah. does the Rabonas. He hasn't got any right foot whatsoever. Even shortly before that, there was a pass. He could have set uh, Doherty down. I'm thinking Martin Tyler, who really usually knows his onions, saying, um, well, if only Lamella had used his right foot there, he would have set Doherty would have been away. And I'm thinking, have you not been watching him for the last eight years? The man has no right foot. And the only silver lining to that terrible handicap is that every five or six years, he scores an incredible Rabona. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it had curl on it and power. Never oh, left the floor. Yeah, was, uh, if I'd have tried that, I'm not sure what injury I would have ended up yeah, with. Exactly. A cartilage, <laughs> and I don't know if it would be my right leg or the left leg, or a hernia in my exactly. right or left groin. I mean, exactly. it, it's, a, it's a brilliant skill. They're so hard to generate the power on that. Yeah. But, and how he's managed to practice that and perfect that, <laughs> but have no right foot. The hours he must have spent doing that. He should have spent a fraction of that time yeah. using his right foot. Just kick a ball up against the wall with your right foot. We all did it with our weak foot. We all tried to get, but you've never bothered to do it because, because you're like Charlie Chapman. You're just completely, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, we should probably cover, there's been another goal uh, game since we last did a show, and that was, of course, the preceding game, which was the Dinamo Zagreb goal uh game now in that uh, in that instance we've been you know we were on a good run that night he picked a really strong side probably a slightly stronger side well probably a strong side anyway and we looked pretty good in that game and we got a good result although I think I'm not as wildly I mean the, the bookies have got got us 50 to 1 on to qualify I don't think it's that in the light of what we saw on Sunday I wouldn't say it was that nailed on but um you know, I thought that was an encouraging game. Didn't, I mean, you know, if you take the Arsenal game out of of the re- of recent times, everything's quite good, isn't it? Do you think that this this blow in the derby is going to have repercussions in terms of our confidence and therefore forthcoming results? I mean, do you think that's a problem, Mark? Potentially? Yeah, I think it's made an easy game Thursday very difficult because they just they all looked. Like they didn't want to be there, Sunday. You, you know, mentally. I mean, what's the atmosphere on a plane going out? They're going to be like, and um, oh, no, no, no. And and I think the the three games. I don't think we'd beat Burnley four 0 if Woods had been playing. To be honest, um, I think we got away with it, at Fulham. And personally, I got excited like I did in January when we we beat Leeds, we beat Marine, we beat Wickham, and we're back on it. And I got excited, and then it all comes crashing, crashing down once again. Uh, and um, I'm I'm not going to get excited anymore if we win three games. On <laughs> I don't um, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> no matter who we beat, no. But I, I I think I think we'll get a draw out there easily, uh, and. Uh, you know, but it's it's made an easy game harder, I think. I think you're absolutely right. Suddenly the mindset is one of worry and caution and dread because after you get a terrible result like that in a derby, if you're then to go because out... Because we're Tottenham fans. Well, yeah, of course. From the, fa- the fans, we're all dread. I'm dreading it. But I don't, I'm just thinking the players, you know, what kind of mindset are they in now? Because suddenly it becomes a really crucial... I mean, if they... you know, if they mucked it up, and they're Dynamo Zagreb, no, no mugs. They're a, they're a club with a history. They they looked like quite a, let's say, um, enthusiastic side. They they left a foot in quite often, didn't they? And I don't think there'll be any less 
um, robust out there. Anyway, before we before we talk about that, let's in in more detail. Let's take a little break. Okay, now um, I might uh, you might be interested to know the odds from our friends at William Hill for these forthcoming games. I mentioned that Spurs are fifty to one on to qualify, but there are some other perhaps more uh, enticing odds available. Spurs are twenty-one to twenty to win in Zagreb. Kane to score first is three to one. Bale to score first is four to one. A two-nil win is seventeen to two, and we're now. Um, seven to two favourites to win the trophy, and that's because Manchester United got a you know a dodgy result uh, at home to Milan and could go out. They could go out United, in which case, you know the uh, uh, we, we you know theoretically we look like we could. But we, we tell them you just never know, do you? Someone someone tweeted to me earlier. Uh, Spurs are flat track bullies, and I think what that I, I think. For me, I don't think we're so much flat track bullies as Mourinho has a psychological problem with teams that are not weak teams. With a weak team, it's almost like he says, go out and enjoy yourself, lads. As soon as we can play anyone who's good and the assignment looks tough, he's like, oh, oh no, they might beat us. They might score against us. You've got to go out. Don't take any chances at all. Be very careful. And that's when it goes wrong. So I think... Ah, I mean, I, God knows what they'll do out in Zagreb, but there's every chance they'll they'll do the low block. I would have thought, don't you think, Terry? Yeah, and I think they'll they'll look to. I think I, I personally think this will be no problem the second leg. I, I think we were significantly better than them in the first leg, and probably should have got more than the two goals. So I therefore think we'll, that we'll at least score, which then takes the tie away from them. So I see us progressing in this competition. I see us doing well in it. To be honest, I think. It was a sign. It's the serious. It's the, the the serious part of the competition now with the, the the team that Jose picked for the first leg, and he sees this as a route to you know Champions League football next year, winning it. And his record of winning trophies in his second season, it's you know we've got the the Carabao Cup final to look forward to, but I think he's you know this is not going to be his priority because there's still a chance of us finishing in the top four. But I think he takes this really serious, and yeah, I think he'll be apprehensive at the start of the game. He will have a look at them 20 minutes, 20 minutes or so. He'll sit back. He, the team will sit back, not make... Because you can concede early in that game. It gives you a problem. So I think it would be wise to actually keep it nice and solid, you know, for the first 20 minutes or so. Look to play on the break with a bit more sharpness than we did at the weekend. But I think that would be the, the right approach. And one goal from Spurs in this in this leg takes the tie away from Zagreb. Yeah. Well, you've made me feel a bit better now. Yeah, we have to. I mean, the players, the players will respond. You know, they know they they weren't at their best at the weekend. It was a poor result, but you would hope, you know, with a winning mentality that they generally do have, you know, big name players, they will be, you know, up for the the, the game. And then, of course, then another game on Sunday, which is just just as important in, in our sort of pursuit of getting in the top four again. Do you think he can continue to pick Kane? I mean, these are all... Uh, he norm- he normally, he, he picks Kane for almost every game, but if there's a real sort of gimme, like in Europe or at Marine or whatever, he will he will give him a rest. But you can't really... There are no gimmies left, are there, in this in this season, the way things are, unless we unless we are out of contention in the league. But I can't believe we'd be so out of contention for all the European places that that becomes unimportant. So he's not going to rest him in the league. 
he's not going to obviously rest him in the the two cups we remain in. So, I mean, he's starting to look. I mean, on on Sunday, I felt like he was. He looked not a hundred percent fit for about 75, 80 minutes. And then of course, because he is a kind of superhero, he just came alive and very nearly on his own did what he can do. But it was very, very unfortunate, of course, not to not to turn it around. But do you think he can do you think he can continue to pick him like this, Sean, game after game? I mean, as you said there, he, he didn't look right. And I think that that knock he got against Zagreb probably played into that. Um I think one of the things that surprised me was the challenge on, I believe it was Lacazette that was, I mean, he could have been sent off for it um, later in the game. That was quite unlike Harry Kane, really. And I think perhaps a sign of where he's at physically in that, um, you know, the demands of the game were getting to him and, and he lashed out and his body couldn't do the tracking back and the marking that it should do. Um, I mean, to, to allay some fears about Zagreb on Thursday, even more for you, gents. Um, I don't know if you saw the story on Monday night, but, the manager actually resigned on Monday night. Um, oh, Zorro's uh, Mamic. Um, yeah. He's actually been sentenced to four years in prison. Um, quite right, too. <laughs> well, exactly that, yeah. But uh, quite quite a staggering story, really. He's um, been sentenced to four years for fraud, um, siphoning off about 13 million quid in, in transfer money. Um, so it turns out not to be a very nice bloke in the end. But uh, yeah, His brother's on the run. As well, really, read that. Really? Yes, yeah, his brother was mixed up. He's actually on the run, you know. Yeah, because it's, it's Luka, it's Luka Modric's old club, isn't it? And there was a, for a while he was wrapped up in some slightly, I mean, implied. It was never. Was I don't, it, wasn't he? Yes. There, yeah, yeah, there was. A, some, there's a lot of dodgy dealing goes on in. Yeah. So that may or may not be good for us, but you never know. Let's hope they don't get the new manager bounce on Thursday. <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, they've, they've got a former manager. Um, not Alan Pardew, is no, it? Uh, no, they've got a former <laughs> player in charge for the game. But uh, you mentioned Modric there. Modric, the, the transfer of Modric is actually one of the incidents that he's been arrested for. The What, what from to Tottenham? To Tottenham, All yeah. those Tottenham. years ago. Yeah, and also uh, another player that's, that escaped my mind, but two transfers in particular, and the Modric one is one of them. Wow. Um, which is, is quite staggering all these years later that he's yeah, being caught up in it. Four years, 13 million. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I know what you mean. for good behaviour. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's probably thinking, I'll take that. We've, we've all done a year. We've Cheers, all done a year. Judge. <laughs> Cheers, Judge. I'll see you all right when I get out. Nice one, mate. Gold Rolex coming your way. <laughs> yeah, well, let's hope, as I say, they don't get a bounce out of that. But uh, I do feel slightly more uh, optimistic about Zagreb now. Uh, but um, the Villa game, Villa are a strange and inconsistent side, but a good side, very good side to watch. Got some really good players. The odds, by the way, from William Hill for that Villa game is we are 11-8 to 8 to win that. And to win it with both teams scoring 16-5. to 5. Kane is 7-2 to 2 on, by the way, completely different bet here. But it'll get us onto something here. Kane is seven to two on to be at Spurs next season. Those odds have shortened recently, uh, and you can be. And he's five to two to leave. By the way, if you, if you want to have any of that sort of action and loads of other great uh, offers, go to WilliamHill.com, or if you haven't already, download the app um, for all the enhanced prices in the build-up to the kickoff of these upcoming games. Do you think Harry Kane is considering a move, Terry? I hope not. I think there's, we, all, we all hope that is the case. And I think there is a part of all Spurs fans that probably wouldn't blame him as the years are creeping up on him, that 
if we don't win something this year, if we're not back in the Champions League, then we quite would understand it. I think a couple of years ago, when we were becoming regular participants in the, the Champions League and getting to a final, we had a better chance of keeping him then. The only thing I would say that goes in our favour as well is the money is in a bow. You know, even the big clubs in Europe, the, the, the you know, the big massive transfer fee that we would expect for Harry Kane, I, I'm not sure who's who can do it. Um, so that helps our cause. I've been thinking about that and I agree with you. Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, they're not all swimming with the massive transfer budgets. But isn't there an exception in Paris Saint-Germain because they have all those petro dollars from... Financial fair play, though. I mean, if they, they, you know, if you chuck Harry Kane into the mix, I'm sure Pochettino would love to have Harry Kane. Probably would be his first pick. Yeah. You've got Neymar, you've got Mbappe. They're talking about Haaland. They're talking about Messi. It don't add up. Financial fair play means that they, hopefully, they can't do it. They can't have them all. But... No. <laughs> That would be the one. That would be the one worry for me. But uh, yeah, and as you say, who could possibly, if this? I mean, anything could happen now. We're at a pivotal moment in this season, of course. I mean, we end up winning a trophy and getting in the Champions League either via Europa or the top four. You would, yeah, you'd you'd fancy him to stay. But it, it, as you say, if we don't win anything and we're not in the Champions League, we just scrape into the Europa or not even that, which is perfectly feasible. You know, there's a lot of teams in the race for those European places, aren't there? Good teams. Villa's one of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, suddenly you think, well, yeah, why would you? If you're 28, I mean, he's 27 now, he's coming up 28. You're basically, your next few years are your big years. He, he said, apparently, that he wants to play till he's like 40. And you look at people like Ibrahimovic and you look in America, is, is um, what's his name? Tom, uh, who's the guy? He, he, Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady. You look at those sorts of sportsmen, they're his inspiration, aren't they? And so you could see him playing a long time. Maybe he could do a Teddy go off, have his golden years somewhere else and then come back and we still love him. But uh, it, is a, it is a concern, isn't it? And then there's Son. He hasn't signed a new contract. And then there's Bale. Bale, who knows what could happen with Bale? It's not It's not beyond the realms of possibility that you start next season without any of them. Oh, my God, I've really upset with you. <laughs> oh, no. Come on, Theo, chin up. Oh, God. <laughs> but you just think, oh, I mean, you know, if we're not in any, any of the big competitions and Mourinho's hanging around... Why would any of them? Can you see him? In, I mean, the pundits in the papers, and I mean, they're all baying for him to go to Man oh, yeah. City, aren't, yeah, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. They can't stop. You know, I had Sunis on the telly constantly yeah. going and, on about it. Yeah, and yeah. I pick up the Times on Sunday, he's got he's a column going it. on yeah. about it. It's like he's yeah. got no other football story. Yeah. Um, I, I can't see him going to City. Why? I just can't see him, like, driving around Hume. <laughs> You know, have you been? Have you been? I can't see. You know, they've got that. They've got like that sort of Beverly Hills bit, haven't they? Around Presbury. I, 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 I don't know. I can't, I can't see it, and I can't. You know, PSG. They got. They got beaten, didn't they? They got beat by, by rubbish the week. Yeah, but they had a they had a bit of a weird they had a weird uh, weekend as well, didn't they? Because during the game, Di Maria's house was being robbed with his family in it. Really? And so some, yeah, they had to literally bring that Pochettino yeah. had to substitute him and tell him what had happened, and he had to go straight home. Oh, I think so. I think yeah. So possibly they had extenuating circumstances there, but yeah, I mean, phew, I don't know. Let's not. Let, maybe maybe try not to dwell on uh, 
on the possibility of Kane, Son and Bale all doing the Frank Bop at the end of the season. That would probably, it reminds me of the, the days when everyone did used to leave. You know, Keane leaves for Liverpool, claiming to have always been a Liverpool fan. Berbatov refuses to stay, even gets on a plane with a couple of hours to go in the transfer window because he because he wants, even though he's been told point blank he can't leave and he just leaves anyway and goes up to Man United. And they gave us, what was his name? The Fraser Campbell. Fraser Campbell. I'll tell you what, lads. Alex Ferguson. No, don't worry. No worries. I'll give you this Fraser Cow. I've got him in my back pocket here. Here's one for you. You just have him. You'll be fine. Oh, God. God, it all comes flooding back, doesn't it? I think Levy's maybe a bit cannier now. Maybe he's got ways of preventing that. I mean, the biggest the biggest one, the, the missing piece of the jigsaw for Man City was Carl Walker, wasn't it? He's probably been the most successful one, his jump ship. And the choice, ultimately, the choice comes down to Harry Kane. Yes, of course. As we know with players now, if they want to leave, if they want to go to a club, They'll then go, it yeah. almost becomes impossible for the you, yeah us, in this case, to hold on to them. Yeah, the only other thing is you think he's married with two very young children. He's happily, you know, settled where he is and that maybe family reasons will allow him to stay. I mean, the, the, the great example of someone who stuck around for the whole time was Totti at Rome, was, Roma, wasn't he? He was a fantastic player really a world-class player like like Harry he could win games on his own and he never left because he was happy there it was his team they worshipped him he was the man and he, he he says he admits of course I could have won more I mean Shearer was a bit like it but he'd already won the league hadn't he, at Blackburn that was the only thing mm-hmm. but again he could have gone anywhere you said it there Theo the, the, the Shearer link I mean Harry Kane's now 101 goals away from Shearer's Premier League record going to PSG which I think to be honest given the Pochettino link, are the most likely candidates. Um, I do think Mbappe, I don't think he's going to be there forever. I think Real Madrid are desperate for a rebuild and I know Zidane is a, a huge, huge fan of his. So I don't think Mbappe be there forever. Um, the the family thing, you make a good point there. But again, Paris isn't a million miles away. Um, so that, that that's very much a viable option. I think this summer is going to boil down to Harry Kane will be the most popular choice for whoever doesn't get Erling Haaland. Um, and Man City are, are in a good position for, for both of them, I'd say, particularly because of that Premier League connection and staying and trying to get Shearer's record. And PSG are the other one. I don't really see him going to many other clubs, bar maybe Real Madrid. But as you say, perhaps a bit of a journey too far with that, that, that home connection as England captain. Maybe. He'll lead England to glory and get his booty that way. Mm. But I mean, the, the, that European Championship is going to be so strange because, as you say, Terry, everyone's so knackered. Imagine that that is going to be like, it's just going to be like every team is going to be full of, unless some one or two teams might have one or two players who've just back from a long term injury are going to be absolutely filling their boots because everybody else is going to be absolutely dead on their feet, aren't they, for that tournament? I, I worked out today, we've got. Possibly 17 games in 66 days. And then we've got the big players. Most of our players got three internationals next week, which is just, you know, it's terrific to have that three internationals in the middle. So we're talking about 20 games for, say, Harry Kane. If we get through to the Europa League final, he's going to be playing 20 games in just over two months and then go off to the European Championships. So we, I think that's why I said earlier that uh, there are going to be games where we're getting weird results. We're not getting great performances. Manchester City are the exception, but they weren't particularly. They were, they were poor against United. 
You know, so every team is going to have its ups and downs. So it's the, the strain we're putting on the players this season is extraordinary. So fingers crossed for just hope. I love Mark's story about the iPad. I, I, did, yeah. I would love to have thought what Steve Archibald would have done to Keith Perkinshaw <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> when he was t- going on with 10 minutes to go and Spurs had one nil down and Keith Perkinshaw showing him an iPad. I know Archie would have picked it up and thrown it in the park lane in. <laughs> so that, that, that does drive me mad. I, I, I couldn't go without mentioning Mark's story about the iPad. They're not paying attention. That's like the boss is pointing at the iPad. They're, not, you know, they're all pumped up. <laughs> It's funny you mentioned Steve Archibald because I was looking at wistfully as before I came on at the lineup for the last time when we beat when we beat Arsenal five 0 in the league in nineteen eighty three and I looked at that lineup with all the injuries we had and I realised that the pivotal midfield playmaker in that game was you. No, it was Archie and Archie and but you were in midfield. Gary Mabbert, I was right right wing right midfield. Okay, okay. Um, Gary O'Reilly was right back, I think, and the, the midfield was Gary Mabbert and Steve Archibald. And Alan Brazil was up front with with, 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 uh, with uh, Falco. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Tony Gavin on the left. Yeah. God, I so, bet you. Uh, no, I, I was going to say, I bet you remember that. You obviously remember every single thing about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah what a day. <laughs> what was Alan Brazil like? He was. He was brilliant. It was. It was. It was horrible for me because I started. That was my first season as a sort of regular, and I, I scored. I think it was seventeen eight games playing up front, and then we signed Alan Brazil, so I was shoved out onto the wing. So it was. But he, Alan was fantastic. He re- really fantastic player. He was quick, skillful. Um, our paths crossed again when I joined Manchester United. He what we swapped. He went to Coventry, so it was a swap deal. So, he, but he was a terrific player. By that time, he's I think he had a bad back, and he's he was towards the end of his career. But as a young player, looking at someone like Adam Brazil, Steve Archibald, Garth Crooks, it was a it was a fantastic education. It was pain in the arse that couldn't get a game, and Mark Falco, of course. But he was they were they were great players to learn off of. Um, yeah. I'd just love to have seen Archie with Keith Birkinshaw with the iPad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and most of that team, to be perfectly honest, but yeah. it's a different era now where players do look yeah. at iPads and as a coach, there's, there's more than more than enough coaches on the bench and I think sometimes they have to justify the fact that they get paid decent money, they're sitting on the bench and just point some, some diagrams and an iPad and everything would be all right. If only football was that easy, I promise you it isn't. There isn't an app. There's no app. There's no app. Did you ever, does it happen to a player that you get overawed walking into a stadium? Because I was just thinking about about Sunday. They they just seem, you know, the 40 year domination of Arsenal. And you, you're going there. And, and, and I was just, every one of that Arsenal squad is, is going to have. I feel that we haven't got a Premier League history. I feel we've got history, but Arsenal got a Premier League history, and I think they're two different things. And, and I think every one of that Arsenal squad would know about Burkamp and Henri and Wright. And I can't see that our team are looking up to our Premier League icons. I don't think we had many, and when we did, they all went. Did, did it ever happen to you that you got overawed somewhere? No, I think there, there were times when I, particularly playing for Coventry, for instance, not so much at Spurs and Manchester United, and definitely never overawed at Wimbledon. But Coventry, there were games where you were playing at Spurs, for instance, or Man United away, and you go there and you're thinking, <laughs> we didn't fancy ourselves, to be honest. But so, but I would be surprised if that was the case with Spurs, and particularly the game of the weekend, because I mean there are games where you played and you go, you walk out at Old Trafford or White Hart Lane against. 
Spurs or Man United or Anfield, there's 40, 50,000 people there. That makes the, that you realise then that, you know, it's going to be even tougher than you thought it was going to be. But with no supporters in the stadium, I, again, you know, the players are having to go, they're motivating themselves every three or four days. We kind of forget now that they're playing in front of nobody. You know, we have the fake crowd noise and whatever. But it is, it's pretty soulless for them to be doing that for a year. There are some players now that have never played in front of their supporters yet. And again, we, we underestimate that, you know. But I, I would hate to think that our players went out at the Emirates at the weekend thinking we're going to get beat, we can't beat Arsenal because that hasn't been the case recently. So No, we've been, I mean, we've been, we've been dominant, haven't we, last four... I mean, when do they last finish above us? We've only won once there in 16 years. That's true. In, in the Premier League. But in terms of finishing above them and winning, you know, in the at, at home and everything, we've been, it's been much better, hasn't it than, it, than it used to be. I mean, we've been, I think we've finished above them four or five years running, haven't we? About four years running, yeah. at least. Yeah. But there, I was just looking at FA Cup Stats, you know, they've they've won it eight or nine times since we won it, but they've won it, they've won it three times in Wales since we've won it. You know, I mean, that's just a mad stat. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the, the trophy stuff is just is just freakish, really, that we haven't even got to. It's all those semi finals, isn't it, in the FA Cup? Jesus. Anyway. I'm going to, before we draw this to a close, gentlemen, I need to, I'm obliged to ask you to make predictions for these upcoming games. So we'll do the Zagreb game first and then we'll go around again for the the Villa game. So, Mark, the Zagreb game? I I, I think it's a draw. Sorry, I, I think it's a draw. Yeah, that's fine. We'll take, a, fine I'll take a draw. Through. Yeah. We're, yeah. Terry? Uh, two nil Spurs. Sean? Two one Spurs. All right. I'll take it. I'll take a one all draw. And I think it, you know, I'd be delighted with that, to be honest. Um, and then Villa away, which could be a could be a good game, depending on whether Jose's frightened of them and sends the team out in the fetal position or not. Let's see. Mark? John Terry hates us. Um, <laughs> do you think so? <laughs> um, I, do you know, I'd take, a, I'd take a draw right now. All right. I would. All right. What? Can you give me a scoreline, please? One all. Okay. Yeah. Sean? I mean, Villa haven't won in their last three, and that's included Sheffield United, Wolves and Newcastle. Um, so they're really not in great form, but it does sound like Jack Grealish will be back, which is oh, the, no. the the counter to that. So I'm going to go with a tentative two all. Terry? I'm going to go 3-1 Spurs. Okay. Hey. I think, yeah. I think Grealish might be slightly rusty as well. Yeah. And and as Sean said, they have been the, the, so he's probably be being rushed back because he's been he could have a he could have a slight hangover as well, knowing him. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so they're not in great form. We are quite a bit above them in the, in terms of points, and it's a must win for us. We have. To I win. think if 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 they go out with a positive yeah attitude, I think they can win two or three one. Personally, I agree. So there we are. That's it, gentlemen. We've done our best to cheer everyone up. Whether we've achieved that is is certainly debatable. But um, we did what we could. Remember, everyone, go to williamhill.com or get the app if you want to have a go on some of those bets I talked about. They've got odds for everything. And they are our partners and also the official partners of Tottenham Hotspur. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you, Sean. And thanks a lot, Terry. Great to see you guys. And uh, Mike's back next week with Marcus Buckland, Neil Ashby and Chris Cowlin. Until then... It, all that remains for me, Theo Delaney, to say to you is, kill you, Spurs!
This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.